to Anime Death Spiral, the only anime podcast to survive the great podcast purge of 2023. I'm Nate, and as always, I'm here with my preferred cocktail, a mix of Baileys and Coca-Cola, garnished with a candy cigarette. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Remy. It's the new year, 2024. How you feeling about anime? Pretty bad. Nothing new on that front. Still feeling pretty bad about anime. Has not changed in general, general demeanor. Still still pretty much in the doomsaying camp. Feels like uh, everything is getting worse every year. Uh, anime <laughs> is no exception. I guess uh, the, putting a silver lining on it, that means the anime we're watching now is the best anime there's ever going to be. It's that's true. <laughs> if everything is always going to get worse forever, then uh, the stuff you're watching right now is the golden age. Oh, God. Nothing will ever just end. It will always just lurch slowly into the grave. I mean, we see it in every corner of our culture right now. And, okay, so then what if... God showed up and offered to just, like, make all that better by putting you in a different world. Uh, God is a fascist. Um, <laughs> I, I would never let an, an omnipotent being control my destiny. I've played so many JRPGs. What, what is the only lesson those games teach you? <laughs> God's a dick and you should uh, cast him down. Yeah, God's a piece of shit and you need to destroy him. Well, actually, no, the first... The first statement is that god is like a weird fucked up bundle of like lights or dragon parts or like eyes or something usually is that god's freaky looking of course uh, well, uh he's gotta be i mean you don't want him to just be a dude right i mean that's what people hated about the matrix <laughs> turned out to be colonel sanders god, god was colonel sanders yeah yeah People were pretty pissed off about that. And he didn't even have any fucking chicken. He had an infinite number of worlds wherein he made fried chicken. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to segue into, into something about this stupid isekai anime that I watch, but now I'm just thinking about how stupid the fucking Matrix is. Uh, I love the Matrix. Truly, that, I mean, look, what an absolute fucking golden classic. Proving my point. It's, uh, we're never going to see the like again. <laughs> Well, The Matrix 4 kind of proved that, right? I mean, it's divisive, but personally, I thought it was absolute trash. I didn't I didn't see it. I never... Did not like it. I think I'm in agreement with uh, Lily Wachowski that this movie should not have been made. It should not. I mean, it, there's the fun part of it, and it is better than any John Wick movie. I'll give it that. Because it has an actual conceptual thrust. Then the, the conceptual thrust is super interesting and unique. Because it's a movie that is about how the movie it is should not exist, uh, which is great. It's I mean, that's a really good conceit. Like, hey, the movie you're watching right now shouldn't be a thing. And the fact that you're watching it is in itself like moral decay. Uh, <laughs> that's fucking kick ass. I like that, that concept. That's kind of what I was hoping to get out of it. That's kind of my feeling about it to begin with. But now you also said it was trash, though. Yeah, the problem is that the movie is like mostly boring. It spends a lot of time just doing nothing. And then there's like a lore dump. And it's like, that is by far the last thing I absolutely needed out of a Matrix movie. I mean, do you think it was made boring on purpose? I mean, it could be. It might have been entirely sabotaged. I mean, that's I mean, that's a great theory about that movie. It, it's uh, it's a bit forgiving, uh, I'll, I'll say. But, you know, maybe, maybe the Wachowskis deserve some grace at this point. <laughs> 
They did give us bound. Uh, they're they're incredible. All right, let's let's talk about some anime. Can we pivot back to pivot back to some anime? Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I kind of want to talk about John Wick, but since you brought it up, but we could talk about anime. I watched some anime. Surprising, I know. Did you bring up the Matrix because it's an isekai? I well. I, w- I was trying to bring up Isekai earlier about uh, God taking you out of this horrible year. But yeah, yeah, uh, Isekai Matrix works. <laughs> I watched the first premiere of the year from from our list that we talked He's about. getting a jump on it. Yeah, uh, I thought I'd wow. get ahead of the curve on this one. Uh, and I went and watched Fluffy Paradise, uh, which is a much more insidious anime than the title would lead you to believe. <laughs> Well, first of all, it's one of the rare isekai that has a uh, female protagonist that isn't purely in that villainous subgenre that we've talked about before. It's not a villainous. It's not a villainous one. It is a it is a straight up isekai and not even like a nice one if we're if we're getting into it because it what like many. Wait, hold on. What does that mean? Well, okay. So, what do you mean a nice one? I well, none of them are nice. That was a wrong term. Yeah. Well, what do you mean by that? I'm what I'm saying is that it doesn't really sugarcoat the circumstances under which the series takes place. There's some isekai, kind of like uh, I got a super good skill in another world and it made me better in my world, or whatever that one was called. Where <laughs> sure, where nothing explicitly. I mean, yeah, the kid gets bullied, but he doesn't die or anything. He doesn't get murdered. Uh, and he just kind of finds the portal to another world. Kind of like Digimon, thing like that, you know, whisked away, spirited away stuff. Sure. No, this one is about a a haggard, tired, broken down office lady who is 27. And oh, my God, she's single. I know. Uh, and she spends all of her time working and and the very first scene in the series is her collapsing and dying in her doorway from exhaustion. She overworks herself to death <laughs> and and God, uh, who is a hot anime dude, takes pity on her horrible existence and and reincarnates her into another world. And first off, I want to point out that the one of the weirder details that this show sets up about its whole cosmology is that God says right off the bat, it's like, oh, hey, uh, there's this dimension where humans are causing a whole bunch of trouble. And I think that if you went in there and did some good, it would be really cool. And that brings up a lot of questions for me. Like, first of all, one God is in charge of multiple realities. It posits. Well, is he really in charge? It sounds like he let one of them kind of get away from him. Well, that's the other point I was going to bring up is that not only is this god in charge of multiple realities, uh, he has ones that he favors over others. Well, how many? How many is he in charge of? We don't know. It's not explicitly stated. He doesn't clarify? He just says, oh, hey, here's a reality where I think that you could be useful because humans are being racist to all of the animal people. (laughs) Okay. And so part of the deal is that he asks her, like, all right, I'm going to reincarnate you. You're going to be born as a little baby, and you're going to have your choice of cheat skill. He gives her a choice, anything you want. Whatever it is, I'll make that your power, your secret skill. Anything? Anything. Blank check. 
full admin access. And do you know what she chooses? Uh, speak to animal. No, although that would have been like infinitely more useful <laughs> in pretty much every situation that has come up in the first episode. Wow. It's close. It's adjacent to that. Her skill is that uh, she is irresistibly adorable to any non-humans, any non-human being. Why not? Why not humans too? That seems like a really big advantage. That's not the way she worded it. Uh, she said, I want to be irresistible to animals because my parents' cat never let me pet it. Wow, what a loser. I know. You ever notice that what gets called gods in a lot of these stories, especially in anime, are really more just like genies? Uh, yeah. I mean, they're wish givers. They are... They are extraordinarily powerful tricksters who are otherwise bound by the narrative into a helpless position wherein they need to use humans to accomplish their goals it, that's not a god i mean that is that's a genie i think part of it is that you know like a genie they are bound by some cosmological bureaucracy right that we're not really privy to or sometimes we are like in yu yu Hakusho, the afterlife is just a straight up government building <laughs> but yeah uh, they're genies more or less uh sometimes they're hot genies, so that's a plus. Yeah, sometimes they're hot. In my experience, most of the time, they're not hot. A lot of times, they're just like a disembodied voice. Uh, a lot of times, it's your typical old man. Every once in a while, it's like a creature, which is kind of better. I like that approach better. Creatures are cool. Uh, I, creatures I, are cool. I like creatures more than than hot Jesus, which is what Fluffy Paradise decided to go with. Okay, okay. They had long hair, beardless, hot Jesus. If that makes if okay. that makes any sense. Sure. So that's the that's the starting off point. She has a heart attack at twenty seven, and and gets reincarnated with the power to make anything non human be friends with her. My God, she's the Pied Piper. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, there's a lot of trouble she could get up to. It's a good thing that her intentions are pure. She gets reborn as the third daughter of a kind of middling aristocrat, a duke of something or other. First of all, I guess it's one of those isekai. Where do you feel? Where do you stand? on retaining your adult memories as a little baby. Well, this is obviously uh, one of the main branches of Isekai is the start over as a baby. I, I in, in concept, it is probably more interesting to me. It's obviously, like, insanely gross and weird. Uh, like, that is an extraordinarily uncomfortable situation to find yourself in. Uh, and it would, I mean, it would just straight up like suck for years and years until you you know develop the physical and mental capabilities to like resume agency over your life not for this chick she's into it she likes being a baby yeah no she fully commits to being a a little kid uh, and a little baby growing up in every sense but we the audience are privy to her adult inner monologue throughout this entire time of course of course uh and so that leads to kind of a weird disparity in when she's just kind of like you know uh, existing within scenes with her family or with other people and when like something narrative needs to happen 
and suddenly she's this little kid jumping into incredibly dangerous situations uh-huh. to like try and talk down a dragon or whatever. Yeah. So so that's where we're at. That's where we're at. That's fluffy paradise. Wow. One episode is out, people. Uh, don't watch it. Don't go down that path. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing there for you there. Yeah, great. Why did you even choose to watch that? Because it was the first public it's the first release of the new year and i wanted to i wanted to see kind of like an omen reading almost i wanted to see what 2024 had in store for us which uh you know i guess that coupled with the earthquake and the plane fire in tokyo (laughs) not great sign so far okay so you tossed the bones yeah (laughs) yeah you wanted to see where they'd lay uh-huh uh what about okay. you what about you what have you what have you well watched? i'm i'm not particularly interested in the future as i said before uh i'd rather you're looking in the past yeah i so i went to a couple i went backwards not really sure why this is something that i've actually had kind of floating around for a while but just never had the will to actually dive into it because of its ridiculously complex lineage but um i did start watching kara no kyokai the garden of sinners are you familiar with this uh it's is it like a series of movies or something it's more it more breaks down to like hour-long episodes in sort of a netflix uh style Hmm. uh except that there was a very long time between each episode uh, I see. Yes, and this was something that you you would have come across eventually uh, if you had stuck with the Fate series. Kara no Kyokai is by the same author who worked on Fate and Tsukihime, if you know that one. Are you familiar with that? It sounds familiar, but the plot isn't jumping to mine at the moment. Yeah, they, you know, there's lots of visual novel stuff. Mm-hmm. Sure. Fate and Tsukihime are, you know, insanely popular. These are things that it's impossible to get away from. Fate more than Tsukihime, in my experience. But these are these are juggernauts in the visual novel space and uh, in the subsequent uh, reincarnations like this anime. Garden of Sinners is sort of the lesser of the three. Uh, it's set in sort of a parallel universe but it doesn't have quite as many of the fantastical elements of those other two. Okay. It's more like... Uh, but there is like a, a solid connection between them. Yes, there are, you know, recurring characters and themes and um, I guess you could say a similar magic system, though mm-hmm. that seems dismissive and reductive. But it is essentially more ponderous ghost stories. Our main characters through the machinations of fate end up as ghost hunters kind of kind of a little bit and like a detective agency for the supernatural you know doesn't that always happen it just keeps happening if you graduate from high school uh but you don't know what major you want to go into you just end up in as a spirit detective that seems to be the rule this is a, a really weird one. This is done by UFO Table. I will not call it UFO Table or whatever the fuck people want to call it. It is UFO Table. If you want to blame somebody, blame them. And its format as like a series of like hour-long episodes is really interesting because it gives them a lot of time to polish the hell out of each of these episodes. And it shows. Uh-huh. These episodes look fucking great. And not just the animation, but, like, they're really well-directed. Yeah, I, I know it's it's not quite as clean as calling somebody uh, the, you know, the DP uh, on an anime. 
uh, the director of photography. But but basically, <laughs> the, the DP is having a extremely good time with this series. There are lots of really interesting shots. The action direction is really great. There's like just really really beautiful scenes. Uh, unfortunately, like the thing that turns me off to a lot of uh, Japanese visual novels and a lot of... Are you about to say perv shit? No, not the perv shit. Obviously, <laughs> I've, I've worked through the perv shit in oh, many okay. different cases. Uh, no. <laughs> I can tolerate the perv shit. <laughs> yeah, I could tolerate the perv shit. I mean, if I didn't, I wouldn't watch anime. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. <laughs> uh, everybody does. Like, there's, it's basically the the first skill check uh, when you approach anime. It's like, <laughs> can you deal with the perv shit? Yes, no. I mean, the answer for most normal people is no. Yeah, it's like, nah. <laughs> All right, so what is Garden of Sinners about, though? Garden of Sinners is pretty perv-free for the most part. They don't really do a lot of that stuff. It. It happens to end on the other spectrum where this is the thing that I I don't like too much in my anime is lots of like pseudo analytical, like ponderous philosophical bullshit. And these episodes are just filled with that. (laughs) It's kind of a shame because if the writing was stronger, like it would match up with how interesting the direction is. Lots of like long ponderous shots a really a really patient camera with a really good eye for like scene composition and like just uh, beautiful imagery mm-hmm. but then it's always paired up with characters talking about just absolute bullshit what what it means to be alive and uh you know what it means to take your own life the first episode is a, is all about suicide and so it's lots of characters going like, well, what does it mean to kill yourself and die? And the characters have these like really ridiculous conversations, very early 2010s. Uh-huh. Uh, and I just hate, I really don't like it because it is all freshman college level philosophy that I just absolutely hate. And this is something that comes up in a lot of visual novels, you know? Uh, I, I, I don't want to be dismissive, but it's a lot of people writing their first story and not having an editor to tell them like when to knock off the fucking drudgery of their like philosophical ponderings. It's like kind of like the never write your first movie about an assassin kind of thing. Yeah, I feel like this really is kind of unique to to anime and I think it has a lot to do with something like the Titans of anime being like Ghost in the Shell. The thing is about Ghost in the Shell is it does a lot of its philosophical pondering without dialogue it uses a lot of pauses in the action to speak for themselves that goes away by the second movie uh yeah i was about to say that's not exactly what i remember about ghost in the shell 2 i I remember there being a lot of people standing around philosophizing yes ghost of the shell 2 is uh very verbose unfortunately i just find that that stuff crops up a lot as anime has got along. For this kind of stuff, it's just interesting that it can't shut up and get out of its own way to tell it an interesting story. It has to kind of like try to play all these like all, all like pseudo literary tricks on you. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that Garden of Sinners Kara no Kyokai does in that way is it tries to tell its story non-linearly. 
So these episodes are all set in different time periods in the characters' lives. Okay. Kind of slowly unraveling how they relate to each other kind of piece by piece, which is, you know, I could tolerate that. That's fine as long as the stories themselves are kind of uh, self-contained. Sure. And they, for the most part, are. But, yeah, the philosophizing is just really fucking annoying and... It really makes me not want to rush the rest of them. But the animation is so good, and the direction is so good that I, I'm sticking with it. Okay. It's, uh... Okay, let me ask you this. On a scale of Colonel Sanders to cute anime girl, which would you rather see philosophizing? Oh, Colonel Sanders. 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> Far less banal uh, and self-important. See, I was leaning towards anime girl. Uh, I was saying they should do an edit of those Matrix movies where they take him out uh, and have like Hatsune Miku put in there <laughs> as the architect. As your your voice of God. Who, who do you prefer? That's what you mean? Yeah. Having the anime girl do it is really good in one way unless you take it seriously and then it's very bad <laughs> what was it uh garden of sinners how many how many movies or long episodes you said are there i think if you count kind of the peripheral stuff it seems like there's 11 okay i mean that's a pretty good amount yeah maybe seven of the like the main story and then four more kind of supplemental pieces these visual novels are usually like branching, you know, that's kind of a standard feature of visual novels is they have multiple paths. Sure. Um, so capturing them in anime is sometimes a little hard. You know, I never, that never occurred to me because visual novel stuff has never really been in my interests. The closest I've gotten would be like the Phoenix Wright games. Uh, but those have like a, a level of interactivity with them that I feel like most of these kind of dating ones or or whatever or the fate series <laughs> maybe does not where they are just straight narrative paths yeah you would be surprised my friend you would be surprised don't be so dismissive of an entire genre that you know little about because uh, there is a hell of a lot of variety in there if you want visual novels with gameplay there are visual novels with gameplay uh, you don't oh. have to be a fucking reading simulator okay i was unaware uh yeah know. yeah we, we live in the future, man. Dating sims have gameplay now. Oh, well, no shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Join us in 2024. Well, I, well, okay, with that, then you can kind of apply whatever gameplay you want to the playing sections and then just sprinkle, you know, the narrative uh, reading choice stuff in between. A at what point does one overtake the other in classification? I guess. At what point does it stop being uh, a, a visual novel and it's just like an RPG? Well, you tell me. It's hard to, to draw those distinctions, right? Well, it's like, okay, but then would you consider like the older Final Fantasies or other, and I don't say this in a bad way, but like derivative <laughs> JRPG stuff, uh, would you consider that a visual novel, right? Because you have characters talking to each other in text on a screen back and forth. Yes, but do they have the character profile image? No. I mean, sometimes. Sometimes they do. Sometimes. Okay, like Persona or Digital uh, Devil Saga. Like, at what point do those just become visual novels? If you took out the fucking grindy-ass dungeon crawling from most Persona games, they would pretty much be visual novels. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 
yeah, speaking of Persona 3 Reloaded coming out in 2024, something to f- look forward to. Finally, a ray of sunshine. You know, I've always meant to go back and and replay Persona 3 because it was one of the few games that I bought for myself on the PS2 uh, instead of getting it as like a gift or whatever for Christmas yeah. or my birthday. And I remember being so disappointed with my purchase because I was bad at playing it. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know how to play it. I had no idea what Persona was. I, I picked it up, again, based entirely on box art. That was not the first time that that had happened to me. And I didn't understand the connection between the uh, real world life sim stuff and the grindy stuff and i didn't understand that like oh they are serious when it says the game ends at the end of the school year (laughs) so i got a game over by getting to the end of the school year uh without ever having completed the first dungeon because I just didn't like doing the grindy stuff. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about this. Yeah. It's very funny. Maybe maybe I'll go back and give it another shot. That's all I'm saying. I would. Persona's games fucking kick ass. Can we talk about some anime? Let's talk about, let's keep talking about anime. Yeah, fine, whatever. This is another one that I watched kind of as the other, the other component of my fortune-telling ritual. I watched Burn the Witch. It's prequel episodes, TV special, whatever you want to call it. One of the last if not the last uh, anime episode put out in 2023, December 31st. And so I went and I watched that and I watched the three-part original special that came out in 2020, I think. Mm -hmm. In 2020, the first Burn the Witch three-part special was an adaptation of a a Taite Kubo uh, one-shot comic that he did. Yeah. Why do, you, why do you keep saying it like that? I just think it's funny that your project for 2044 is getting back into Bleach. <laughs> That's very funny to me. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I guess the kind of... I don't even know if you can call it a twist, but the twist at the end of the anime is that it is a Bleach tie-in. Although, by what I watch, I have no idea how this is connected to Bleach in any way. <laughs> this is about two main characters, Nina and Nihei are their names, and they are essentially dragon slayers, is what they call themselves. So the premise is that it takes place in Front London, uh, and I and it's yeah. called Front London because there is a reverse London, kind of a uh, a Hogwarts esque situation, yeah, Wizarding World thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. or an un London, yeah, an un London, uh, and uh, the underground, the other side, London, and in that London, dragons exist. It's the only difference. Yeah, <laughs> everything else is exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't even know when they. Cr- supposedly cross in between the two uh, there is very little indication as to when that happens but essentially our two main characters are part of a society that is in charge of of hunting down dragons and and stopping them from killing regular people in front london uh, if this sounds like soul society and and the hollows from Soul Society, it's exactly the same thing as, as Bleach, but with a, uh, a Hello Governor twist on it. Yeah, but also like dragons are cooler than Hollows. It's true. Oh, that's one hundred percent true. I I think that this has more of a stylistic 
standpoint, uh, it has more legs than Bleach ever did. Uh, if we're <laughs> if we're going into it, uh, the only thing that I don't like are the designs of the main characters' weapons. It's very murky on the whole lore setup of the of the society, and I don't really care that much. But for some reason, uh, our main characters carry around little, almost toy-sized trumpets or horns or whatever you want to call them. Uh, they're really nothing more than than a metallic curve that tapers into a opening on one end. But the thing is, the thing that makes it cool is that they can turn them around, they can hold them like guns and shoot stuff out of them too. Uh, <laughs> so, so this is once again an example of a great anime tradition where the main character's power is just gun. Yeah, you come across two kinds of guns in, in anime and manga, and it's like the extremely overly detailed kind where you could tell like the author has been fantasizing about them for a while and then the just completely ridiculous abstract ones where there's like hey it's just a thing that like throws stuff really fast yeah <laughs> there's nothing in between the other thing is that like dragons are bad and regular people can't see them it also for some reason throws out the absolutely wild statistic at the beginning of the of the movie of the special saying that 72% of all deaths in London are attributed to dragons both seen and unseen wait how many 72% that's uh that seems high do you think anyone tried to tell him that like dude's 72% doesn't make any sense. I mean, I th no, I think it's funnier that way. I think if you're <laughs> just going to throw out a number, it should be like, yeah, dragons kill like almost everyone in London, like everybody who dies. Like uh, they just say it's muggers or whatever, but it's dragons. Well, no, that's the thing. Uh, that's what I thought, but they make it explicit that both the people in front London and magic London, uh, Harry Potter London, Harry Potter land. Everyone is aware of the existence of dragons and that they cause daily natural disasters that apparently add up to 72% of the deaths in the city, except only the people in front London can't see them. Terrifying. Why would you, why would you continue to live in London if that was the case? <laughs> well, it's wild I that, uh, you know, these people just live in a society where the government says that dragons are lurking around every corner and you just have to trust us when you say that we need uh, extrajudicial powers over you to keep them in line. Wouldn't it be horrifying to live in a society like that? Uh, you mean uh, in an active <laughs> war zone? wherein the combatants are invisible to you. Yeah. Uh, but are nevertheless uh, extremely destructive. <laughs> I mean, that is, that is a nightmare. I, the, the absolute bravado of continuing to live in London at that point. Uh, just move. Just move, idiot. Uh, in the first episode, there's a scene where a dragon is kind of rampaging and we get the introduction to our two heroines uh, and how they, you know, operate. 
they are basically two parts of of a narusasukura where the third guy in this case is a is a is a dumb himbo <laughs> which you don't see often but you see sometimes and i do like it uh, i'm if i'm being honest i i like it when that happens i think that's funny <laughs> So so we got girl Naruto, girl Sasuke, uh, and and then the guy. <laughs> the man. Yeah, the dude. They're fighting this dragon and it crashes into just some loser's house. And they just totally brush it off. Like, oh, don't worry. Uh, call dragon insurance. So not only uh, are they invisible, but they're, the citizens are apparently reimbursed by some kind of socialized dragon insurance, dragon destruction Wait, insurance. Are, are we sure that it is socialized? Because maybe it's private insurance. <laughs> Actually, you're right. You're right, you know. <laughs> yeah. If they don't explicitly say it, I would assume that all these assholes have to be paying for their own fucking invisible dragon insurance. Just like they have to pay for a fucking TV license. Yeah, yet again, like move the fuck out. What are you doing? What are you what what are you trying to prove? <laughs> I also have to say like what is the point of the dragons being invisible at that point? Like oh, wh- narratively what what does that accomplish? Well, it never comes up, so uh, nothing, I guess is the answer I would have to give you. <laughs> yeah. Just it seems like at that point that's vestigial from like a first draft of the story. If I had to, if I had to give it the benefit of the doubt, I think it's supposed to be kind of like an early clue that this is in the Bleach universe, and the dragons are somehow uh, ancillary to the whole uh, soul world that Bleach has already set up, right? Yeah, but in Bleach, people don't get their houses blown up by hollows all the time. Well, okay, yes. I, I think the biggest difference here is is that in Bleach, no one knows about the soul world, whereas in this one, it's explicitly stated by the government that dragons are real, but they're invisible. Yeah, it's fucking insane. What an insane <laughs> concept. Uh, it's so weird. I think another, kind of another one of those details that, that should have been cut from the first draft is that one of our our two main dragon fighter girls exists both as a dragon fighter in in magic world uh, in reverse london but she's also an incredibly popular uh idol and like model in in regular london yeah sure and so she has like paparazzi that are always following her around i think it, it was solely to do a gimmick where where she can like ditch the paparazzi by jumping into a magic world door or whatever around a corner. Yeah. I think it was solely to accomplish that scene. And then after that, he had no idea what to do with that character or that aspect of her. Yeah. The only version of that I like is, is sweet mask in one punch. I think that's very good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. So anyway, there's a lot of hanging ideas that, that get set up in this that I think were supposed to be explored in a season two which has not been announced to my knowledge. I don't know if this is ever getting a follow-up, but there's a lot that they introduce in these that just does not get followed up on zero context. Like the fact that the whole plot revolves around a government coup, essentially, of this one dude on the council of bigwig dragon fighters that wants to use one of Nina's, one of her stalkers, essentially someone who 
like found a dragon and has been raising it secretly. And so he kind of coerces this person into attacking them as a distraction while he tries to take over the the rest of the government. But it turns out that the dragon that this stalker lady had secretly been raising was one of the seven legendary super dragons uh, <laughs> that's named after <laughs> that's named after a Disney movie. Uh, in this case, this is the Cinderella dragon. Cinderella dragon. Yeah. So this guy tries to do a false flag attack on on real London using a Cinderella dragon. Yep. Yes. But uh, the Cinderella dragon is too virtuous to do nine eleven. Uh. Well, no, no. The Cinderella <laughs> dragon does the nine eleven. Full stop. Okay. It does nine eleven. Yeah. Right, okay. Uh, but it turns out that it's more powerful than he anticipated. So uh, now he has to switch sides and work with the uh, heroines to to kill it. He does such a huge nine eleven that he actually has to. <laughs> like, <laughs> he has to stop doing his coup. Yeah. He has to reverse his coup. That's pretty good. Okay. Sure. Why not? By the way, none of them beat the dragon. Uh, the dragon just dies because it turns out that their boss is like even more super powerful than the legendary dragons, and he can just shoot a laser out of his hand that kills the dragons. Right. It's a very. Right. It's a Dumbledore situation. <laughs> well, no, no. It's more like uh, if Dumbledore was pretending to be the school janitor, <laughs> because because our heroines are from like the super low ranked dragon fighting organization they're not from one of the cool ones higher up in the in the hierarchy oh, sure okay so he's just slumming it yeah he's slumming it he's uh he's smurfing but he has super dragon killing powers and so someone uh, obliquely refers to him as the son of a hero and that's kind of like the cold close on the series after we get the reveal that all of this was taking place this mysterious government organization organizing all the dragon fighters uh is actually soul society west and i guess that's just how they tie it into bleach yeah just in the uk they're just dragons instead of hollows yeah yeah Basically, and everybody knows about it. it because this the soul society did such a bad job containing them that they just like run rampant every day pretty much no, you got it. That That's it. There's one cool thing. There's one cool thing in this that I really liked. And that that is that first dragon that they're fighting in the first episode. Like they they cut off its head and it full on has a, like a Sekiro uh, centipede coming out of the neck moment Dope. where it's being controlled by a giant uh, kind of spirit frog thing <laughs> that, that comes out of its decapitated neck hole. I thought that was cool. I like that. Yeah. So that's what I watched. I watched the last anime of 2023 and the first anime 2024. Uh, Straddling the future and the past. I got I got you. I got you. Well, let me tell you this, because this is part of a project I think we're going to embark on soon. This is just one of my first forays into it. Uh, kind of uh, preliminarily started with the blackjack stuff a while back, but... In part of my masterpiece theater series uh, for the podcast. Criterion Collection. Yes, wherein we we uh, together will be diving back into the history of anime to catch up on the legendary shows that somehow slipped past us, fill in the, the big gaps in our anime history. I watched Case Closed, Conan the Detective, Movie 6, The Phantom of Baker Street, uh, do you have any any knowledge of Conan, the detective? Are so, you aware of this guy at all? I'm aware of the broad concept. He's a he was a famous detective 
uh, a teen detective that got turned into a boy detective. And I guess for a while he was trying to turn back into a, a teen, but I'm not sure why he hasn't just grown up at this point. Yes, I, I'm not sure either. Uh, it does seem like there is potentially something built into the uh, the weird magic chemical he got dosed with uh, that prevents aging, possibly. I, I think that might be part of it. Well, okay. Um, um, I, what I'm wondering, what I have to assume is that this is just uh, the time frame does not make sense and it doesn't matter that it doesn't make sense because that's not the point. He is a boy detective and he do, he does boy detective adventure stuff the other thing which i don't think is the case because again i know very little about the series i don't think that he's a perpetually young detective where all of the characters grow up around him because that would be a very different series than the vibe i get you know i again i i just i do not know i do not know this is part of the the series that we are embarking this is part of the the mystery we're going to be unraveling of of uh, the long-running anime series who the fuck is conan what is his deal <laughs> i mean i know he wrote the best simpsons episodes <laughs> yeah <laughs> we uh we know he's a regular kid a high school detective, sort of a Nancy Drew type. And uh, during the course of uh, one of his shenanigan adventures, uh, the black organization force feeds him a dangerous drug that shrinks his body down into an elementary school child size. Now, his mind is unaltered. So he is almost an adult in the body of a child, which, as we kind of alluded to in the Isekai discussion, is uh, hell. Oh, yeah. No, uh, I would hate it, personally. He's forced to give up all of his relationships. He can't even let on that his parents are his parents. So he cuts all ties to everyone he knows, uh, except his girlfriend, who doesn't know he's been turned into a child, but adopts him anyway. So now he is... Wait, she adopts him? <laughs> well, her dad adopts him. So she, she is living as her adopted brother. Uh, uh, this is one of the weirder aspects of Conan. Well, I don't like that. Yeah, it's strange. Um, and he doesn't, he doesn't tell her that that he's who he is. She just thinks that he's a, a a smart little detective boy, and it's cool that he gets to live with her. She is always constantly on the verge of putting the pieces together. Conan uh, is not very subtle about it. Like, he slips up a lot. Like, what if she just went over to his parents' house and looked at photos of when he was young and realized that it's the same fucking kid that lives with her? She probably has. But, like, there is the mental block of, hey, in reality, no one, like, turns back into a child. <laughs> you would have a hard time believing that, you know? In reality, teens aren't famous detectives either. Well, he's not famous. His dad is famous as a as a detective story novelist and i guess his mom is a model because like everybody's mom is a model back in the 90s and 80s just like every middle schooler is a model in manga these days <laughs> yes uh yeah it was their mom back then now they're just a model <laughs> so his girlfriend is like he he constantly says stuff like way out of pocket like uh, hey you know uh, remember this thing that we did and she's like what what are you talking about he's like oh uh that my uh, my older brother told me about one time and she's like, oh, okay. Does she think <laughs> that he's the younger brother of her boyfriend? 
or does I, again i am not clear it's just something that he there's talks so about. much stuff that you don't know okay go on all right who cares yes, go on there's a lot of weird shit involved in conan uh, it has been running since the early 90s <laughs> there are like a thousand episodes of conan so a lot of this ground has been covered i kind of hope she does find out at some point but i, I guess I'll, it's a while before i'll get there in this particular conan and this is relevant because Baker Street, etc. lots of Sherlock Holmes references. Conan does accidentally name himself because, like, he, he basically does the the usual suspects thing. Like, he's he's standing next to a bookcase and he looks over and there's a there's a Sherlock Holmes book uh, by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and he's just like, I'm uh, I'm I'm Conan. My name's Conan. <laughs> uh, All right. So that's why he's called Conan. All right, sure. All right, fine. Now that brings us up to date. Here we go. In movie six, which I have to say I I chose because a lot of Conan fans seem to think this is one of the best ones. I hope that's not true, but well, again, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, all right. Conan is attending the launch of a new VR video game, <laughs> which uh, in... Let's see, when was this movie released? 2002. In 2002, was pictured as a big egg that you get in that hijacks your brain. I mean... Due to shenanigans, Conan manages to, like, uh, get into one of the eggs, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. wherein he discovers a rogue AI has taken over the video game VR launch and is threatening to butcher every child involved if somebody doesn't solve the mystery inside so a good thing uh, our man child <laughs> has managed to smuggle himself on board because uh, the rest of these kids uh they're not up to it hey, so does this count as like a? do you think this counts as like a death game scenario it is sort of a death game uh the thing it's that kind of prevents itself from being a death game is that the kids are not in competition with each other no it's it's just conan he's trying to save the kids Conan is trying to save the kids by solving the mystery. And in typical anime detective fashion, the the case is revealed to us to be uh, solving the mystery of Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper, of course, being something that anime is obsessed with to a very unhealthy degree. I, I, I've noticed that as well. I'm not sure where it comes from. There's a lot of serial killers to take your pick from out there. Why... Why center in on him? Because he's unsolved. He's the unsolved serial killer case. Yeah, I guess. Of the oldie London. And remember, they are real weirdos about the UK and Europe. Uh, yeah, that's what I was about to say, is that I think more than anything, it's the fact that it's probably uh, the most... It's from ye olde uh, London type type yeah, thing, and they love that London. shit. Yes, so they, they, they've set this game up about trying to discover who... Uh, Jack the Ripper is, which is, again, uh, completely futile because nobody knows who Jack the Ripper is. They never solved that one. He was the Queen's doctor. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Just saying. Uh, yeah, and he was killing women because his mom abandoned him, right? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh -huh. Listen, I read yeah, the Alan Moore book, okay? So I pretty much know what happened. Yeah, he uh, he killed women because he was the illegitimate son of a lord. And his mom was just a prostitute. And he talked a lot of shit about Superman. Yeah, and he hated Superman. Yeah. <laughs> In this version, Jack the Ripper exists within the same universe as Sherlock Holmes for some reason. Again, uh, this is insane bullshit. 
Um, <laughs> Jack the Ripper never made an appearance in any Sherlock Holmes story. Uh, and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was not interested in serial killers to begin with. That was not his bag at all. No, no. He likes uh, complex mental uh, structures for his mysteries, right? He likes locked door mysteries. Yeah. uh, Locked room mysteries. He likes very convoluted murder plots. He likes robberies that are seemingly impossible. Uh, He likes that kind of shit. He likes political machinations. Uh, Not serial killers. There's not a lot of Sherlock Holmes stories about people just indiscriminately murdering. (laughs) <laughs> so, but this is a this is a very popular thing for anime to like mishmash together. Basically, they have been kind of conflated. Mm-hmm. And also, Sherlock Holmes is always hot in anime, which is a really weird thing. Uh, you don't think that he's hot in the books? Uh, he is definitely not hot. He is a uh, he is a weird, grotesque little golem ass creature. <laughs> Yeah, but he knows Kung Fu. They say that about him. He does does not know Kung Fu. Yes, he does. He does not know Kung Fu. He barely knows anything. Uh, I mean, he was so oblivious to the entire world in the first book. Conan Doyle had to retcon huge amounts of his his character to make him an active member of society. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so unfortunately for Conan, it turns out that uh, Sherlock is out of town on business during this, this game. So he's pretty screwed. Again, calling into question the involvement of Sherlock Holmes to begin with. Like, why even bring him up then? Wait, hold on, hold on. This is all in a VR simulation, though, right? Yes. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm confused. Is this supposed to be like a a full-on one-to-one sim segment of London where everything plays out as it would have? Like I'm, I'm just so confused on the on the nature of all. It of is this. a virtual, a completely virtualized London, indistinguishable from the real thing. Like a perfect simulation. So then, where the fuck did digital Sherlock Holmes go on vacation to? He fucked off to do some other. Te- oh, actually, you know what? Conan is such a Sherlock Holmes fan. He he like puts the pieces together at some point and determines that they are out of town solving the Hounds of Baskerville case. That's what it is. Okay, actually, actually, that's that's a pretty good tie-in. I take it back. You like that one? Yeah. Uh, nevertheless, the children do break into Sherlock Holmes's house. Uh, he goes into the apartments and steals Sherlock Holmes's gun. You know, the gun he owned. I mean, Sherlock Holmes did own a gun, though. No, uh, Watson owned a gun. Sherlock Holmes did not own a gun. I, Watson was famously the trigger I man. He was blasted. Don't have I. I don't have stuff to cite right now, but I'm going to come back at you and I'm going to dude. Sherlock definitely had his own gun. I am so certain of that. Yeah. Watson gave it to him when Sherlock Holmes marries <laughs> arena. Yeah. Also, that is another thing is like in anime, uh, they, they very much ignore a lot of the Sherlock characterization, like how he's basically, uh, an incredible misogynist. Um, so they're constantly talking about how he's in love with arena uh, the one woman who ever bested him. Well, okay. Uh, but he's not. He's and not in love with her. No. Sherlock in anime. Yes. They, it is not based on Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes character from the stories. It is based on the concept of Sherlock Holmes, which at that point 
can be applied to whatever you want, right? That's why he's a little boy in this Literally one. anything, yes. Uh, you know, and I don't blame them too much because obviously over the years, this has happened in every other medium as well. Uh, famously, we have the bullshit uh, Sherlock Holmes BBC show mm-hmm. that was incredibly bad. It's bad. I think we've had the Robert Downey Jr. Were there two of those? There were two of them, yeah. Oh, yeah, big time. Uh, truly awful. That was that was an attempt at a sexy Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Just does not work. That one didn't discombobulate you. <laughs> discombobulate. <laughs> uh, we've had uh, funny Sherlock Holmes. We've had uh, gender-swapped Sherlock Holmes. We had Sherlock Holmes where uh, Watson was uh, a woman. An Asian woman. We've had Sherlock Holmes where... Her name's Lucy Liu. She was really famous for a long time. Yes. Uh, We've had Dr. Sherlock Holmes. We've had uh, Sherlock Holmes of every color and stripe. So this isn't... Obviously, this is not contained within the anime world, but they seem to have a very unique grasp on on Holmes. Sherlock Holmes is a guy who solves mysteries and and has a funny hat and smokes a big curvy pipe. No, he doesn't even smoke that often in anime. Like they kind of censor that part of him. Really? And he definitely doesn't do drugs. Well, I think most uh, interpretations of the character save recent ones kind of leave out uh, the the cocaine abuse. Yeah, well, hey. And and the opium and the laudanum house was all about how he was fucking like popping constantly they were they were making a cheeky point of it like we're doing a thing because nobody ever talks about the thing benedict cumberbatch uh (laughs) cumberbatch was should have definitely blamed like huffing paint the entire time that would have really picked up that series no instead uh no instead russell t davies took the brave stance of substituting vague autism for the drug addict uh, aspect yeah good good job that's really deepened the character people seem to love that that's great i'm not kidding people seem to love that for a while i think people came to their senses anyway uh this is a really strange movie this is very strange Lots of uh, bizarre uh, Sherlock Holmes references. Like I said, they they do a really strange summary of of the Jack the Ripper killings, which culminates in catching actually catching Jack the Ripper, who is a cross dresser in this version, which oh. is g- great. Good job, guys. That's cool. Somebody watched uh, Silence of the Lambs. Got some inspiration. Yeah, it it kind of ends up that way. Also, Jack the Ripper turns out to be an orphan that Moriarty took in and turned into a super murderer. <laughs> awesome. Uh, <laughs> so, so that's weird. That's a weird thing. No, that's a very funny joke for him to play on Sherlock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's a great structure in this movie, though, where we have little Conan solving the mystery inside the VR world, and his dad is solving the mystery of the AI outside of the game. So we have kind of this parallel detective structure that runs throughout the entire movie, uh, which is really good. I found that to be, like, great. Well, that's kind of neat. Yeah. You know, it's for 2002, it manages to really capture like the 90s, early 90s feel, uh, which is cool to see. Uh, it's got that kind of retro, that retro feel to it, which is great. I mean, that's um, that's my favorite thing. It's something about the the matte colors and the way shadows were animated back then. Yeah. You know, in the full cell era. Yeah. Everything's very pointy, too. Like, yeah. everything's very sharp. It looks very sharp. All the edges are like 
perfect 90 degrees for some reason. And like the super bright white light reflections on everything. Yeah. I love that shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very interested to get uh, eventually to the modern movies and see how they've kind of like updated that style because I feel like sometimes it doesn't translate very well when they try to update these classic manga. They tend to soften everything, which I don't think is a great choice. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just an issue with digital animation that I feel can only be solved by time and budget, right? Yeah, well, if anybody gets the budget, I mean, seriously, Conan is... Conan is a massive force. I mean, I think really think Conan is up there with like One Piece and Doraemon as like a cultural juggernaut. Is, is this like a TV movie or is this a theatrical release? Obviously, theatrical releases get more attention and, and are going to look better. I'm pretty sure this was a theatrical release. I mean, uh, not in America, obviously, because 2002, you know, it's not yeah. great. Uh, but yeah, in, in Japan, these get theatrical releases and especially now, I mean, these movies are huge. They continue to crank them out. Yeah, in 2002, we were still coming fresh off nine 11. We weren't, we weren't ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think like another movie came out just recently too, which is maybe what inspired this. Oh yeah. No, there definitely, there definitely was. I saw it was in theaters when I was in Japan in March. Oh, yeah. Big in Osaka. That's what I'll say. They love child detectives in Osaka. That's a big thing I know about them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. That's one of the true ones. So this is part of uh, a series I want to I want to pick up of going back and filling in that old that old back catalog. I- I'm gonna do Conan for a while. I know eventually I'm gonna get to like Legend of the Galactic Heroes, which is a big blind spot for me. You know, uh, some of the old Osama Tezuka stuff, I definitely need to, like, fill in those holes. I started with, like, Dororo, mm-hmm. I, uh, and I'm working my way through those as well. Uh, so, yeah, we need to talk about that. But, like, uh, you should pick some out, too. I know you're, you've got plenty, plenty of black spots uh, that you can work through. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah there's a lot out there I haven't yeah. seen. Anything come to mind? Um, you know, I've always wanted to revisit an older, I wouldn't call it seinen, but it's, it's like, uh, adjacent to Legend of the Galactic Heroes, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. I think it was called Ronin Warriors. Does that sound familiar to you? Uh, Ronin Warriors. It's very generic name. Uh, it is a very uh, generic no, name, but, uh, it was kind of like, a, a Legend of the Galactic Warriors or, or Saint Seiya type situation but with uh, in saint say case instead of like uh greek mythology it's all based around uh shinto mythology and and uh samurai aesthetic mm-hmm. it was cool uh i i remember catching a few episodes disjointed kind of here and there on toonami but i was never able to follow it from from the start for like a full through so I, I'd like to I'd like to visit that. You know, I'd have to go back and do some research, but there's definitely some blind spots in my past that need some filling in. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna pick a couple of those. I know I'm definitely gonna be going back and watching uh like the old City Hunter movies. Yeah, City um, Hunter was at one some of point. Them. Uh, yeah, Cat's Eye, Dirty Pair, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, if we're going going that far back, there's lots of older like OVA stuff that I wouldn't mind going back and revisiting stuff that I never saw. Like, uh, yeah, sure. 
Dragon's Egg or something like that. Dragon's Egg? Yeah. I'm trying to remember. What was it called? Um, there was one where the art was very... You're talking about Dragon Half? No, not Dragon Half. Although I wouldn't <laughs> mind going back and rewatching that one too. The Fantasy Dirty Pair. Um, no, this one had very uh, like Mobius-inspired art. You're talking about Tenchi no Tamago, Angel's Egg? Uh, maybe I am thinking of that, although probably not. I don't know. I'll, I'll think of it. I'll think of it. Time to buckle down and watch all those old Lupons. All the old Lupon? That's a good one. All the old Lupons. All right. You want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. You can you can do a little research, pick out some stuff you want to watch. All right. All right. gosh we're back anime death spiral back from all of those ads <laughs> let's talk about some more anime uh you have something special for me well it would have been more special but you jumped the gun i did not anticipate your enthusiasm for the season's new isekai listen i'm try. i have a new year's resolution i'm gonna be on top of things i'm gonna be on top of my life so I had to. I had to get out of the game here. Uh, I feel like diving headfirst into new isekai is basically the opposite of getting a hold of your life. But uh, sure, <laughs> sure. Oh, wait, no, you're right. My life is in shambles. Yeah, it's falling apart, clearly. But what I wanted to return to, since it's a new season, I want to return to something we did before. Because, of course, it would be too boring to just say... Hey, Nate, you got to check in with these terrible shows and report back. Though it seems like at this point, you're willing to just do that on your own, which I do find increasingly concerning. <laughs> but uh, you know what? If we turn it into a game, it's kind of fun and, and not sad. <laughs> so I've put together. <laughs> I'm confused on whether or not you want me to watch the shows. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I want you to watch the shows, but I don't want you to want to watch the shows. That's the part that really makes me a little disturbed. It's really a, a subtle, a subtle line you want me to straddle there. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I think it's pretty self-evident why. So I've put together, uh, I combed through the new season and pulled out the uh, various isekai. There's about uh, nine that I managed to pull out, uh, not including the one we talked about earlier that Nate spoiled. Whoops. Sorry. And I've created three sets of three isekai and one fake isekai. And I'm just going to read the description instead of the titles, and Nate is going to have to guess... Which one is the fake one? All right, I'm up for it. I'm up for the challenge, boss. Yes, and for each uh, wrong guess he makes, he's going to have to watch the show. Oh, no. Yes, I am really going to enforce it this time. He really tries to shirk his responsibilities, but I'm going to keep on him for this. <laughs> I'd just rather watch my own trash, okay? Well, you shouldn't have been on a podcast then. Okay, ready? <laughs> Here's where we're going to do it. That's what my parents said. <laughs> <laughs> Random order, I'm going to read... Four descriptions of isekai anime. Okay. Now, am I allowed to ask any follow-up questions about these, uh, or or do I have to go based solely off the information that you're going to give me here? You feel free to ask. I might not answer, but you could, you could ask <laughs> if you want. All right. Sounds good. All right. Set number one. Are you ready? Yeah. Hit me. Our first isekai. <clears throat> 
An ordinary walk home from school turns into an epic journey for Yusato. After suddenly being dropped into another world with two fellow students, Yusato learns he was summoned there by accident. But things turn around when he discovers a unique aptitude for healing magic. Now he trains beyond human limitations using his healing abilities to gain absurd strength and unrivaled stamina. Mm -hmm. That's the first isekai. Okay. Second isekai. Sato is a high school boy in love with his best friend, Hime. <laughs> God damn. An what? unearthly beauty from another <laughs> realm. So when she moves back to her home world to get married, Sato doesn't think twice. He follows her and crashes the wedding. Then, after a kiss from Hime, he suddenly becomes the new groom. But here, Hime is a ring princess, and her husband is destined to be the ring king. A hero of power. <laughs> okay. Third, third isekai. Starry skies mark the dawn of new adventures. Kenji has no friends at school where he spends his days dreaming of traveling to new worlds until one day a mysterious transfer student asks him if he really wants to leave his peaceful life behind. Before he can answer, Kenji finds himself pushing the student out of the way of a falling box fan, and when he wake up, he is left of our world behind. <laughs> An epic quest in a world of star power begins for Kenji in the new world filled with the wonder and adventure. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm not sure exactly what was said there. <laughs> That's <laughs> That sounds like the description of a fake video game they would give in a movie. You know, like the the title equivalent of 555-5555. Yes. I, I will say, you know, just as a warning, uh, I do suspect that some of these were machine translated. So uh, apologies if uh, they don't always make 100 percent sense. I mean, there's there's we're going to run into it eventually. Right. The AI generated isekai. Oh, for sure. They're already I mean, they already exist. Those light novel. They're just being churned out. Like yeah, they're being written by Markov chain generators. <laughs> OK, fourth isekai in this set. All right. Ready? Yeah. Awakening to absolute chaos and carnage while on a school trip, Yogiri Takato discovers that everyone in his class has been transported to the other world. He has somehow managed to sleep through the ordeal himself, missing out on, quote-unquote, the gift. Powers bestowed upon others by a mysterious sage who appeared to transport them. Even worse, he and another classmate were ruthlessly abandoned by friends, left as bait to distract a dragon. Although not terribly bothered by the thought of dying, he what? He reluctantly decides to protect his lone companion. After all, a lowly level 1000 monster doesn't stand a chance against his secret power to invoke instant death with a single thought. Okay, all right. That's four. So so I'm trying to pick out the fake one, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, shit. Uh, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, so. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, it's it's the, either the second or third one that you read out because I, I definitely recognize the first two. I want to say that one's the fake one. The one, the starry eyes one, starry skies. Okay, all right, you got it. Yes, oh, that's okay. that's the fake one. 
Damn. All right. Whew. All wow. Right. All right. One set down. Got to up my game for this next one. Let's see here. All right. Four nor Isekai. Oh, wait. You ready for yeah. the first one? Yeah. No. Round two. I'm just going to get this one out of the way because I think you already know. Ah. Uh, the story centers around Yoshizo Yukawa, a major hot springs fan who finds hidden springs to revitalize the economy of a local area. However, he dies after falling off a cliff and is transported to another world thanks to an, a, a deity. What? And thanks to a deity a of dieter, harvest. A dietitian. A deity of, of harvest at a small shrine in the rocks. Together with Inari's attendant princess, Mayu Dama, he continues searching for storied hot springs, only this time in the other world. Uh, along the way, he ends up naked in hot springs with furry-eared girls and, and elven girls. Okay, all right. Okay, you making notes so I don't have to repeat them? Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, no, totally. Sure, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh, okay. <laughs> this is... Uh, I'm not sure if I should change the name here. Okay, whatever. <clears throat> Number two. Umelia Dolkness is your run-of-the-mill villainous in an Otome RPG. Except for the fact that she is also secretly an overpowered hidden boss. But Umelia wasn't always Umelia, you see. In her past life, she was nothing more than an introverted college student and gamer. So when she realizes she's been reincarnated as the hidden boss, she is determined to steer clear of protagonists and avoid her demise. All she wants is a quiet life. Too bad, because when her gamer instincts kick in, Eumelia just can't ignore her awesome stats. A girl has got to grind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I know that one's got to be real because uh, you did not come up with that tagline. <laughs> a girl's got to grind. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, hit me. This is the real hard part. Is I really can't. I do not. I do not have the skills to come up with something like a girl's got to grind. <laughs> uh, okay. It's been over a decade since the appearances of gates, quote unquote, gates. The paths that connect our world to another world. Since then, humans have awakened to powers. We call them powers, individuals, hunters. Hunters make their living by using powers to conquer dungeons. In the world of tough cust what? In the world of tough customers, the low-ranked hunter, Jin Wu, is known as the weakest hunter. One day, Jin Wu gets fatally injured when he runs into high-rank double dungeon. <laughs> then, just then, a mysterious quest window appears in front of him. On the verge of death, Jin Wu decides to accept the quest and levels up. While uh, the others aren't? Okay, that was number three. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, number four. In the past, certain people marked by fate find themselves slipping through cracks in our reality and discovering the other world. Thus, Hiromi, an unassuming student destined to the life of an ordinary shrine priest, one day discovers one of the cracks behind a scroll in his father's secret chambers. After slipping through, he finds his ancient powers as an otherworlder, having awakened giving him powerful new abilities that mark him as the one destined to remake this epic fantasy world. 
That's number four. Okay, so Hot Springs, uh, villainous, <laughs> poorly translated Chinese description. Weakest hunter. Yeah, weakest hunter and and other other another worlder. Another worlder. Uh, I is it the villainous one? No, ah, <laughs> I wish. Shit. I wish. I wish I had come up with the name Humilia Dolkness. <laughs> God damn it, I wish I had come up with that myself. No. Uh, that is called Villainous Level 99. I may be the hidden boss, but I'm not the demon lord. Uh, <laughs> so write that down. You're going to have to give us a report on Villainous Level 99. Okay, which was the fake one? It was number four, the other worlder. Damn. Okay, all right. Okay, ready? Yep, all right, round three. Go. The final set. Four isekai remain. <clears throat> These are all fake, by the way. <laughs> uh, all right, number one. Yuko, an average otaku gamer who has stopped attending school due to bullying he has received because of his frailness, but on the fateful day while following the mysterious whispers, he is struck by the passing truck and awakes in his favorite game. A world of elves and humans fighting an endless war is upset by the appearance of the strongest warrior. Yuko's gaming skills now come to help to bring peace upon the other world by using the ultimate cheat ability that allows him to max out approval rank for factions, making many new allies, which is the key to the fate of the saving of the world of the factions. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, so what, he... he he got reincarnated as a charisma build. I guess so. <laughs> uh, Max Max Char, baby. Uh, number two. Sasaki is a middle-aged office worker living in Japan, feeling drained by the vapid corporate world. He leads. He 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 leads. He heads to the pet shop of in search of a new companion. There he finds an adorable bird named Peeps Peepers. <laughs> and takes him home. But Sasaki quickly learns that Peeps isn't your average bird. He is a powerful mage from another world. Together, they embark on a magical adventure filled with swords and mm. sorcery. Mm -hmm. Bird mage, all right. Bird mage. All right, number three. Uh-huh. Wealthy heiress Katarina Clays is hit in the head with a rock. <laughs> what? <laughs> and recovers the memories of her past life. It turns out, as it is, the world that she lives in is the world of the game, the fortune lover, an Otome game she was obsessed with in her past life. But she's been cast as the villainess who tries to foil the protagonist's romances. Hmm. Hmm. The best, the good ending game has for Katarina is exile and for the worst, death. She'll have to find a way to avoid triggering the flags of doom and make her own happy future. The misunderstandings based is screwball love comedy now begins. What's the uh what what's the range from when you pulled all of these these isekai series? What do you mean? Like are these all new releases? What am I looking yes, at? Yes, these are all from this season. These are all These new. are all coming up from this season. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to say it's <laughs> unlikely that there's two villainous is a guy going on at the same time but uh, what, what do, do i mean? know villainous is insanely popular go on go on give me the last one go on uh everybody loves villainous what are you talking about okay number four 
After high school graduation, Yuki Wakura realizes it's been five years since his sister's disappearance during a Mato disaster. Throughout Japan, mysterious gates have opened to a dimension called Mato, a demonic a demonic? A demonic metropolis filled with disastrous monsters known as Shuki that threaten the safety of humans. However, a new hope arose as the discovery of Amato fruit that grants abilities exclusively to women allowed them to fight against Shuki. When Yuki, Yuki and Shuki, when Yuki suddenly finds himself in Mato, he's unable to escape on his own, but a girl in a, mouth, a militia outfit appears and protects him. Now, in a life or death situation, Kyoka takes the opportunity to find out the true potential of her superpower by using Yuki in order to defeat the Shuki. He has to become her slave. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, fuck. Oh, I'm pretty sure I know that one is real. <laughs> Uh, because you are, uh, <laughs> you're, you're excited for that one. Um, all right. What do we got? Uh, let me think here. Yes, excited for sure. Um, my reasoning stands. I think that it is unlikely for there to be two separate villainous Isekai going on at the same time in the same season. Uh, so I'm going to guess that one. I think the, that one is the fake in this set. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Damn, I got you twice. God damn it. That, All no, right. That one is real. The wealthy heiress Katarina Clays. She hits her head with a rock. <laughs> uh, that, okay, <laughs> now make a note. That one is called My Next Life as a Villainess. Colon. All roots lead to doom. I'm writing this down. I'm writing this down, Jerry. Write it down. Not villainous, villainess. I got to remember that one. Villainess. <laughs> okay, and uh, what was the other one? Uh, I'm the I'm 99 level something. Villainous level 99, colon. I may be the hidden boss, but I'm not the demon lord. This is great. We're going to get you real deep into villainous lore. You know what? I, yeah, I'll be interested to see where it goes. Uh, I'm familiar with the uh, obviously disgusting male-oriented uh, isekai uh, genre so far uh, let's see where where these ones go because uh, what was the other one uh that i watched i'm the villainous and i fell in love with the with the princess or something like that <laughs> <laughs> that one was funny no i'm in love with the villainous yeah i'm in oh yeah no she was the she got disguised she's in love with the villain yeah she's the protagonist yeah <laughs> okay all right well we've got that down wow should i give the names of the other ones just to correspond well, okay. I let me see what I remember. I what was the localized name of that last one you read? Was it Slave Soldier or something like that? <laughs> no, that's the real name. That's the real name. Yeah, it, the localized name is Chained Soldier. Chained Soldier. Mato Seihei no Slave. And then I had previously already talked about the uh, the Hot Springs Isekai and yep. one of the other ones that I saw. In that there. one's just straight up called Isekai Onsen Paradise. Yep. And yep. I, let me guess, what was it? You're using healing magic wrong or something like that? Uh, that one is called the wrong way to use healing magic. Yeah. Okay. Those are the ones that instantly stood out to me. What were the others? Uh, the one about the guy breaking up 
the the chick's wedding and and cucking the groom is called Tales of Wedding Rings. <laughs> that's, okay. that's one. Uh, yeah, that's the one I read like the first chapter of and got super pissed that it was secretly an isekai the whole time. <laughs> Don't you hate it when that happens when they slip in? I really hate when it. they slip you an isekai in your drink when you're not looking. It's disgusting and it really needs to be illegal. The the one about the guy who just straight up can cast uh, instant death for some reason. Uh, it's called My Instant Death Ability is So Overpowered, No One in This Other World Stands a Chance Against Me, which frankly is really concerning. That is that is not good. That does not make you sound like the good guy. Yeah, no, uh, that makes you sound kind of like the demon lord, right? Yeah, you would be the demon lord at that point. Like, that is really fucked up, my dude. <laughs> Well, also, <laughs> shouldn't shouldn't instant death have a really low chance of success? I know. I there has to be an anime out there, an isekai, right, where the protagonist, their power, their skill is just that they get to bring a gun with them into like a fantasy world. That has to exist, right? Uh, well, you know, the sequel to Sword Art Online is all about them bringing guns into Sword Art Online. That's kind of what I'm talking about, but you know, it's like how people always joke, like, oh, you know. Harry Potter, they, you know, they need to cast the death spell. Why don't they just get guns? It's that f- stupid fucking thing about the platoon of Marines going back to ancient Rome. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, it's very dumb. <laughs> the Korean one about Jin Woo, the weakest hunter. That's solo leveling, obviously. the One of the biggest. I was so close to picking that one because I thought yeah. that you made up the bad translation bit as a way to throw me off. Weakest hunter. Yeah. <laughs> Known as weakest hunter. It's actually weakest hunter of all mankind, which I thought actually sounded too fake. So I left that part off. Ah, <laughs> oh, you should have you should have left it in there. I totally you totally would have fooled me. <laughs> how, how do they know of all mankind who that's really cruel to just call somebody the weakest guy in the world? Well, weakest hunter of all mankind in a roundabout way kind of sounds like you're calling somebody the worst bounty hunter ever. Yeah, uh, I truly hate solo leveling. It's I despise solo leveling, so that'll be fun. Yeah, and then the other the other one was just straight up called Sasaki and Peeps. It's a buddy it's a buddy cop comedy about a dude and his magic bird. Uh, <laughs> that's I, it's bizarre. I was but also yeah. pretty close to picking that one. That one sounded yeah. fake too. It does sound fake, but also like if I told you about the one about the the buddy cop with the grizzled detective who's trying to avenge his partner's death. Uh, by partnering up with the fairy from another world. Like, that sounds fake too, right? That's, I was about to say, that sounds like a spinoff of that Will Smith movie, Bright. Bright, yes. Jesus Christ. I mean, it is basically bright, yeah. (laughs) And we all know how well that went over. Yeah, and almost, it took two episodes of that, I watched some of it, I took two episodes to get to the extraordinarily racist depiction of the Mexican gang member. Oh, no. Yeah, great. Cool, guys. Unfortunate. All right. All right. Are we done? That wraps up our Isekai Bingo. We've got uh, two two out of the three sets. I'm excited to hear your report. I will come back with these, and let's be honest, I'm probably going to watch more than these two because I am a uh, little piggy that likes to roll around in the trash. <laughs> well, don't destroy the premise before, <laughs> before we've even done it. Uh, yeah, I'm very, I'm dreading you coming back and being like, I like, I like them now. I actually like Isekai now. 
Yeah, no, actually, I'm I'm really <laughs> cool with it. I think it's awesome, and I think more people should watch Isekai. Uh, I'm going all in on it. You're right. All right. All right. Well, uh, in the meantime, I guess I'll practice writing my fake Isekai descriptions and try to get better at it for the next time. I'll throw in more uh, stupid details like uh, the Ring King or, uh, I don't know, absurd strength and unrivaled stamina or a level 1000 monster. I should have really thrown some more, sprinkled some more in there to make it sound more realistic. Here's what I think you should be doing is that you should be writing your own descriptions for all of these instead of just the fake ones. I tried that, I think, in one of the other ones I did, but I felt like cheating. It felt like cheating. But maybe <laughs> next time, maybe next time well, I'll do Well, the point isn't to be fair. <laughs> you don't need to worry about being fair. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Well, in that case, uh, then yes, I will absolutely mangle the shit out of it next time we do this. All right. I'm, I'm done. I don't want to think about yes. anime anymore. Let's get out of okay. here. Okay. Yes. Uh, handsome and beautiful listeners, I'm sorry to subject you to more isekai after we've talked about it, hating it so much. Hey, but listen, go, go do the stuff. Like, subscribe, YouTube. Yeah. We're, on, we're yep. on Blue Sky occasionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I upload the TikToks. I'm working on one. I'm going to upload. How many, how many TikToks are you going to put out this week, Nate? Uh, I am hoping to put out at least two or three. Okay, good. They'll be out there. Great. Uh, please, handsome and beautiful listener, go go do the stuff. We would love All that. All right. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Fruits basket again because of the the misogyny and the in the in the, in the whatnot.